How's everybody doing out there in the world of Facebook today? Going to be talking about how water and blood are connected. Just want to say that God is just doing so many amazing things. Every day is just a reason to be thankful. I think there shouldn't be ever a reason to complain or anything, just knowing how God has our back and all that. And I won't, we won't be before you long today, but without... Maybe. <laughs> well, Tony keeps talking. But, I mean, <laughs> I know I talk a lot, too. But without any further ado, man, we can go ahead and get started. Uh, without Before we uh, dive into it, right. we ask all that are able and will to bow their heads with us for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you as uh, humble as we even know how, Lord. Thank you for thanking you for just... Man, all the things you've done for us, and I always say it, but I mean, I could never thank you. We could never thank you enough for everything you do for us, Lord. And we pray that you continue to strengthen us, continue to give us the power to do and carry out the things that you would like for us to do. We pray that you continue to help this ministry, continue to strengthen us, continue to open our understanding, our minds, the listeners, and all the doers of your work. Lord, we pray so many uh, blessings for all of your people out there that are suffering, that are going through so many heartaches and headaches, so much pain, agony, so many things people are struggling with, Lord, food, shelter, clothing. Lord, we pray for all of these people, and we pray that you give a mind to your children to go out and help these other people, not to just say, we understand that they don't have something, but put it in our hearts, Lord, to do something for people. So we pray this, Lord, and so many other blessings in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, as Melvin has already mentioned, we're coming to you today and we're going to talk about a blood transfusion. Even before we get uh, fully into that, I want to call our attention to the book of John, the fifth chapter, and we'll start at verse two. What we want to look at, because last week we talked about the importance of getting the Spirit of God, getting the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And so this week, I wanted to kind of look in closer at the water aspect, the water baptism, uh, because there's a lot of confusion on if it's necessary or not to be saved. And so I want to discuss just how important water is in our daily life. I mean, it's so crucial to us living. I mean, you go without drinking any type of water for a long time. See how long you can make it. Eventually, it's going to come back to hunt you. You go without taking a bath for a long time. It's going to come back to hunt you. So, we want to look uh, in John, the fifth chapter, as I already mentioned. And we'll start at verse 2. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, Bethesda, having five porches. We're talking about a pool here. I already introduced water. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. 
For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So what we see here is God using water yet again. Even in the beginning of creation, the spirit hovered over the face of the water. Even from the very beginning, God used water. So here we see God use water again. We have a pool of water and there is a lot of people that hung around this pool of water because they knew when they saw that water moving, the angel had come down and troubled the water. And so upon that troubling, whoever got in this water first, man, this person was made whole. They were healed of whatever disease that they were uh, afflicted with. And so we see yet again, man, God moving through water. He's done it so much throughout time. Even us, when we are inside of our mother's womb, they say the water broke. When we're born, they say the water broke. We were, <laughs> we were a water creature. We were encapsulated in water the entire time, the entire nine months just swimming around, floating around all day and all night. Water, water, there's so much, man, there's, it is so important, water. So even us, uh, and I've read different science books, some say 60, some say 70%, some say 80%, we are made up of water. We need water, obviously we need it because that's what we're made of. So. We see here yet again, God showing us, look, you got to have the water. You need water. And so, as I've already mentioned, people with various diseases, whether they couldn't walk, whether they couldn't talk, whether they couldn't see, whether they had a withered hand, a withered foot, whether one of their feet were missing, their leg was missing, whatever it was, when these people saw the water trouble, Everybody, it was a race to see who can get in there first. Everybody was trying to get in there. Because, man, God is real. It, it doesn't matter how it looks. If somebody looking at this from the outside in said, man, I don't see how, that, I don't see how that's going to heal anybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're not supposed to understand because we're talking about God here. God operates outside of our understanding. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. God uses water because he's trying to show us here this water is important. So, uh, go, go ahead, Melvin. Verse 5, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. So Jesus asked the man, Look, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? The man, Already. <laughs> this man, he says, Look, Jesus, he didn't know his name at the moment, but he says, Look, every time I get ready to get into this water, somebody else beats me to it. I've been with this suffering from this this affliction, this torment. 
this pain for so long. Somebody always beats me to the punch. That was that was not what Jesus was asking him. He asked him, man, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed right here, right now? The man didn't see it. So long story short, Jesus heals this man. We've, we've read it time and time again how the Lord has healed so many people. But I just wanted to introduce water, how the water is used in God's plan. See, God has used water since the beginning, and that's what I want to go back to. Uh, we'll go back to Exodus. I want to go back to the beginning, and I'm going to try to take us throughout the scripture just to see some of the places. I won't even have time to go to all of these places because we'll be here all night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, Exodus, the seventh chapter, and we're going to start with verse 19. But the water. So I wanted to title this a blood transfusion because water and blood go hand in hand. Water and blood go hand in hand. When a person needs a blood transfusion, it's a lot of times due to some type of sickness or illness or disease, or they've just lost too much blood. So they need to restore. They need some blood because blood is the life of the creature. God's told us that from the beginning. So when you have a blood transfusion, you receive someone else's blood. And that's what we need today is to receive the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, and I'm going to be honest with you. Just because I walk around and say I plead the blood of Jesus Christ, that does not mean I have the blood. Just because Tony says I believe in Jesus Christ, that does not mean I have the blood. But I, we're going to get to that in a, in a bit, but I, first I want to draw the connection between blood and water because there is someone out there today that needs a blood transfusion. There is someone out there needing the blood of Christ. They just don't know how to get it yet. Somebody has not told them yet. So let's look at uh, Exodus, the seventh chapter, and we're going to start with verse 19. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 19. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying to Aaron, Take thy rod, and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all the, their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Here again, in the beginning, we have blood and water. We have water, but now we're going to see the connection between the blood and the water. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand, the blood and the water. So we're to set the scene here. We are back in Egypt. The children of Israel, Israel are slaves to Pharaoh. And so God is performing these miracles to get his children out of bondage. God is trying to do the same thing for us. But one of the ways he was going to do this, he was going to show his power by turning this body of water into a body of blood. So God tells Moses what to do. He tells Moses to tell Aaron, Aaron is Moses' brother, 
who is also a priest chosen by God, he tells him, look, go down there and trouble that water. Uh, go trouble the water. Have him stretch forth his rod, and the water is going to be changed into blood. See, God can do that kind of stuff. I can stand here all day and, and try to change a bottle of water into a bottle of blood. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I don't care how how much I stretch my arm, how much I do a jumping jack. It's not going to happen. See, God makes things happen. His His word was is what makes things happen. In the beginning, he said, let there be light, and the light appeared. He said, let the dry land come forth. The dry land moved. God does things with his power, but he uses us. He uses people. And here you see he used the preacher, the priest here and so look at uh verse 20 and moses and aaron did so as the lord commanded and he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of pharaoh and in the sight of his servants and all the waters that were in the river returned to blood now we see water turns into blood now that's what we see it started with the water there first. It didn't start with blood. It started with water being transformed into blood. So some of us out there today, we need a blood transfusion. We need to receive the blood of Christ. All this foreshadowed the New Testament. All this foreshadowed the coming of Jesus Christ giving his blood for us. And, and bear with us because we're going to connect that. Now let's move to Exodus 14 because we're going to see the same the same thing. Exodus 14. And I just want to read verse 21 there. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one. But I, I just want you to, I just want some, somebody out there to think about this. Because we've all heard the story of when the children of Israel comes to the Red Sea. We've heard the story of how uh, Moses stretched his rod and then the sea was parted and the children of Israel walked through on dry land. And then after they made it to safety, the Egyptians followed behind them and they were drowned in the Red Sea. But let's let's read. Let's just read verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go backed by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. Now, I, we really didn't even have to come here and read this, but I just wanted to bring it up because we see the water playing a very valuable role in salvation. People say water don't save nobody. <laughs> it's because they have not understood how the water and the blood are connected. And the blood definitely is going to save your life. <laughs> that blood is going to save your life. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There is no forgiveness of sins without blood. But you got to receive it. Christ died, but we still have to receive that blood. So, I want, I want anyone out there to think about the water here. We are talking about the Red Sea. Now, if anybody has any type of uh, any type of knowledge, you would know that red is the color of blood. God makes no mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes. See, this went back all the way to the beginning. Water and blood were connected. 
people, people, so many people are out there fighting water. They said, man, I don't have to get baptized. <laughs> he said, baptism don't mean a single thing. <laughs> Friend, you, if you understood, Jesus, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. If you understood, though, how God has placed water and blood to be hand in hand, if you understood that we would stop fighting water, we would stop fighting the minister, the preacher who is preaching water baptism. Even in, and I'm not going to get this, but even in John chapter 2, if we think about what was the first miracle that Jesus performed, <laughs> uh, what was the first miracle that we see Jesus perform? He turned water into wine. That, had, that did nothing but reference the blood excuse me the water to blood that's that's all it was it was water to blood glory to god man it's incredible when you can see you have an understanding of what scripture means it don't mean nothing when you don't have an understanding it doesn't mean a single thing to you you say man it's just a bunch of words on a piece of paper but when you have an understanding when you recognize that god has always used water and so when we see, we see back in the beginning, the Red Sea represented blood. We see Moses go down there and turn uh, the water into wine. So we see blood and water being intertwined all throughout the scripture. And it does not end there. And so, and, and a lot of these places I'm not going to, to go to, but I, I did want to mention them. Uh, even when, make sure my live is still going. But even when, um, Jesus, uh, before they went to the the Passover, he told his disciples to go into the city, and he told them there was going to be. A man going inside of a house carrying a pitcher of water. He told his disciples, and, and this is found in uh, Mark 14 and 13. We're not going to get it, but that's Mark 14 and 13 if you care to go look it up. But he told his disciples, follow him. It was a man carrying a pitcher of water. See, somebody out there, some somebody out there understands the importance of water. And Jesus wants you to follow him. Because if you're following somebody that does not understand the importance of water, <laughs> friend, if the blind lead the blind, they're both going to fall into a ditch. You have to be led by somebody who has a true understanding of the scripture. And the devil don't want you to find out a lot of this information. So he's going to present all types of things that you have to do instead of learning this. Somebody's going to say, well, I was going to I was going to go learn. Uh, I was going to make it a Bible study. But, man, my stomach started hurting. Somebody's going to say, well, I was going to come to Bible study, but I forgot they was having them. I forgot for a whole year. Man, there's going the devil is going to fight so hard, but 
God has somebody out there who is going to seek him, who is going to find out, man, I didn't know all of this. Somebody's going to say, man, I, I, I see there's some type of importance with the water. I see there is more to scripture. Jesus says, search the scriptures in one place. For ye think ye have eternal life. You think you saved, but you hadn't searched no scriptures. You think you're saved, but you hadn't searched any scriptures to know whether you saved or not. People read one verse and say, I know I'm saved. I read that one verse and I <laughs> I confess with my mouth and now I'm saved. Jesus said, search the scriptures because you think you're saved, but you're not. As Jesus' words, now don't get mad at the, the minister that's going to bring you this. Jesus said, you search it for yourself. That's the reason they killed him, because they were getting too upset. Everything he said, man, it seemed like it cut him like a knife. It cut him like the wind without, and you got on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's how it cut him. So they said, man, we got to get rid of this fella, because I don't like the way he talking. Every time I come around, I remember reading, uh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but it was a king. I think it was a king, if I'm not mistaken, in the Old Testament. He said, man, every time this prophet prophecy, he always bringing negative stuff. He never bring me no good. Because <laughs> the truth hurts, friend. The truth hurts. But anyways, so a, a few other of the places I, I just wanted to just mention how the water and blood go hand in hand. And let's actually go here. Uh because we do have to do a, a bunch of running around. But let's go to Luke, the 22nd chapter, because, man, it, it's everywhere in this Bible, the blood and water being together. Luke chapter 22 and verse 44. So we're at, uh, we're towards the end of Jesus' life here. And, excuse me. He's at the Garden of Gethsemane where he went to pray right before they came to take him, right before Judas brought the soldiers to lead him into captivity. So Luke 22 and verse 44, Melvin, if you will. And being in, in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Man, water and blood. His sweat is meant Jesus Filled with agony here. Now, from a human standpoint, Jesus knew he was going to come and die. He knew that. And so he is sitting here praying, God, if it be your will, let this pass from me. Let don't please don't let me have to go through this situation please don't let me have to be crucified so we see him he is sweating now a lot of times a lot of a lot of us out there understand anxiety understand stress man it can have you shaking at the mouth i mean your body just trembling jesus was perspirating he is sweating here and the bible says his sweat as it were uh, his his sweat was as it were great drops of blood because the water and blood go hand in hand God is trying to show us today 
He is trying to show us how the water and blood go hand in hand. So when Peter said, and I'm going to get there because somebody said, I, I, I just don't understand the connection between water baptism and blood. But that's what he's trying to show us. The water, when you get baptized in the name of Jesus, not the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, when you get baptized calling on that name of Jesus, you, the preacher, the minister, if he is God ordained, he troubles that water. <laughs> he troubles the water. And just as Moses and Aaron did in the Old Testament, that water turns into blood. Man, man, it's incredible. And I'm a, and I'm gonna get to that even more. But I want to go first before I get that. I want to go first to John 19 and 24 before I before I bring that out. Um. Yeah, John 19 and verse 34. Actually, let. Let's uh let's drop back up to we'll start at verse thirty three actually and just to give us um a sense of direction here we have Jesus this is at the end of the man's life now so we've seen him praying now we see him on the cross verse thirty three Melvin but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already they break not his legs they didn't break his legs they already seen he was dead on the cross. So look at what they did to ensure he was dead. They, they gonna, they're going to make sure this man is dead. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. <laughs> they were pressured to get these bodies down off of the cross. So they're going and making sure these people are dead so they can move these bodies because the Passover is coming. And people don't want to look around and see these dead men hanging up. So they came. Jesus was already dead. So instead of breaking his leg, the scripture had to be fulfilled. So they pierced him in the side. And the book says, out came blood and water. Blood and water. I mean, I it's incredible how no matter how many times the scripture has to declare these things, somebody still is going to say, no, that ain't true. I, 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 I just, I'm just not going to believe it. That's what somebody is going to say. It does not matter how many times God has to show us here. Somebody is still going to say, no, nah, I'm not going to accept it. My preacher ain't never told me this. <laughs> Uh, you see the preacher carrying the pitcher of water. You better follow him. Jesus said, you follow him. The one carrying the water. The one that understands the blood and water. You follow him. But we have people that we're comfortable with. But so, the blood and water. We won't be able to get away from it. But so, now, fast forward. Jesus is resurrected. He he obviously he dies here and we know he rose again the third day. And now what does Jesus tell 
the disciples to go and do. Matthew 28:19, he said, go and baptize people. Go and give them water. Why would Jesus say this? Why would he say it? Let's go to Acts. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's look at Acts 2.38. We talk about Acts 2.38 a lot. But let's go to Acts 2 and 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Hold it right there. Read that part again. Stop at that same point. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. for the remission of sins. Be baptized. Now that's in water. In the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins. Now, the water... That water baptism is going to wash away your sins. Repenting, being baptized in his name, washes away the sins. Let's get Hebrews 9 and 22, Melvin. Now, now, hold that thought in mind. The water washing away the, is for the remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, the removal of sins, the washing away of sins. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 mm -hmm. and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission if there is no shedding at that water baptism there is no remission of sin so it had to be some shedding of blood there <laughs> now now that's book the book says without shedding of blood is no remission so if there is no blood that appears in that water man hallelujah if there is no blood there there ain't no remission of sins there is no forgiveness of sins there but peter said you get baptized in the name of jesus for the remission of sins therefore whenever that minister Bishop, pastor, elder, reverend, whatever he is called, prophet, if he is God-ordained, notice that if, if he is God-ordained, because everybody's not God-ordained, and I, and I explain that. God told Moses to tell Aaron to stretch the rod, smoke the water, and turn the water into blood. Now, Imagine, <laughs> imagine if one of the children of Israel ran up there, snatched a rod out of Aaron's hand after, now let's just say they knew what God told Moses. Imagine if one of them ran up there, snatched the rod and said, I'm going to turn it into blood. It wasn't going to work. <laughs> It was not going to work. God did not tell them. See, Moses and Aaron had nothing to do with this, to be honest. They did only because God allowed them to. But if God does not allow Tony to do something, I can't do it. See, Peter, this man healed people. Paul healed people. I mean, they walked around, their shadow healed people. 
I mean, a lot of folks ain't got hit by a lot of people's shadows, and, and a lot of them ain't got healed. <laughs> See, God plays the role there, but God uses a certain person to do a certain thing. So not everybody has that ordination, that calling, being sent to do that certain thing. So if you're getting baptized by somebody God didn't tell to baptize, it ain't going to do you no good, Fred. It's not going to do you no good. So when you have a true sent minister of God, when he calls on the name of Jesus, that water that people say, it's just water, it don't mean nothing. No, that water is going to be transformed and it's going to be a blood transfusion right there in that water. It's going to be a miracle right there in that water, just like when the angel came down to trouble the water. See, here we got the minister troubling the water now. <laughs> ah, God is so good. It's amazing when you can understand this. So when we get to the place that we do, we won't fight the minister anymore when he said, look, you must. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. You got to do it. You must go down in the water. See, you must be born again. You got to do it because there's a blood transfusion that's going to happen. That water is going to be turned into blood. And at judgment, God is going to be looking for the blood. Just like when he went down also in uh, Egypt at the Passover, God told Moses, he said, look, kill a lamb. <laughs> He said, you got to kill a lamb because at night, the death angel is going to come and is going to slay every firstborn son, every firstborn son in every house that he does not see the blood. See, God is going to be looking for that blood. That's why blood is important. God is looking for that blood. God requires that blood. And if there is no blood, it ain't no forgiveness. That's, that's the book. The book said, where there is no shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, no remission of sins. So if you die and that blood is not covering you, you have not yet went down in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry to tell you, friend, God ain't accepting no excuses. Now, that's, that's, that's the book. Tony didn't say it. I know somebody's going to get mad at Tony. I know. Take it up with God, though. Tell God you're angry. It's not hard, friends. It is not hard to receive the water. Somebody said water don't do nothing. Let's go to uh, 1 Peter. Somebody said water don't mean nothing. Water don't save you. The book says the water saves. I've heard people say it all the time. And you show them the scripture, they still won't accept it. They say that water don't do nothing. Look at First uh, Peter chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 20. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was prepare preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Eight souls were saved by water. Somebody out there said water don't save nobody. Eight souls in the days of Noah were saved by water. Eight, that's Noah, his wife, his 
three sons, their three wives, eight people out of the whole world were saved. Now, this is the gracious God we're talking about here. It ain't going to be no excuses. This is the gracious God here. This is the long-suffering, loving God. He is a just God. He's not going to take the excuses. We must come through the water. Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate. Straight as a gate. You got to do it. Search the scriptures. You got to do it. So, water saved in the days of Noah. Now, let's bring it into our time. Let's fast forward to now. The like figure wherein to even baptism doth also now save us. Baptism doth also now save us. Water now saves us. It did then. It saved them. Now it is saving us. If you if you choose. If you choose to allow that blood transfusion to happen. If you choose to allow the water to save you. Now that's if you want to. Somebody said, I'm not getting in that boat. Hey, that man's crazy. <laughs> Somebody's going to say the same thing. Man, you mean to tell me blood? No, it ain't happening. Okay, friend. <laughs> God did not connect the blood and water for no reason. Jesus did not say go and baptize them to the apostles. Peter did not say water saves for no reason. Peter said it is for the remission of sins. Paul told us, look, if it is no bloodshed, it ain't no remission. So that water was changed from water into blood, just like it was in the beginning. The water was troubled once again. But see, <laughs> unlike the man who said every time that water moved and I'm supposed to be making my way to it, somebody beat me to it. But see, this water we're talking about now, you ain't got to worry about nobody beating you to it. <laughs> You got people turning this down every day. Look, the water is ready for you. It, it, the water is right here ready for you. You don't have to worry about somebody pushing you out of the way to get in first. <laughs> we should. It should be that way, though. Yeah. <laughs> if people understood just how important the water is, man, we'd be saying, I'm trying to get baptized today. Just like the man that Philip talked to, the, the Ethiopian man, he said, look, see, here is water. What doth hinder me? He said, look, I heard you. I done heard you say the water and blood connected. He said, I heard you say water saves. I've heard you preach to me about Jesus Christ and what Jesus told us to do. He said, I'm ready. Somebody said, no, nah, I ain't ready yet, though. I'm a <laughs> Somebody said, God ain't told me to do it yet. <laughs> the scripture just ain't enough Lord help us Let's pick up the book of uh, Colossians 2 And verse 12 I'm trying to tell them today as <laughs> I'm trying to tell them today Let Colossians 2 and 12 Melvin. Buried with him in baptism Wherein also ye are risen with him Through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. How many times do we have to see it? Buried with him in baptism. Now that's water. Tell me that's not water. That is water. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith 
of the operation of God. It's an operation. See, when somebody does when somebody does a blood transfusion on somebody else, when the doctor comes and does a blood transfusion on the sick patient, it's an operation. It's an operation. God does an operation in the water. He turns that blood into water. He puts that blood over your body, over your vessel, over your soul. There is an operation. But see, somebody's not going to have faith in that operation. Somebody said that operation ain't real. <laughs> uh, somebody said that operation is not real. But somebody out there, somebody out there is going to believe in the operation of God. When God, <laughs> when God allows that minister to trouble the water. Because, man, no minister is special. None of us mean anything. It is God doing the works behind us. It is God using us as a vessel. We are God's puppets. But now, <laughs> if the puppet master is not using you, it don't matter what you go out here and do. It does not matter how big your church is. It does not matter how much money you have in your bank account. See, this operation right here, you can't pay for this. You can't pay for this operation. The man uh, in Samaria, he wanted to pay. <laughs> he wanted to pay to give out the power of God. <laughs> Peter said, look, your money going to perish with you. You don't understand God. You can't buy this. This is something God is giving. I can't sell what God's trying to give to somebody else. That's foolish of me. God is trying to do this miracle over somebody's life so that when we die, we won't die and have to lift up our lift up our eyes from hell as the rich man we don't want we don't we don't want to die and God said I don't see the blood where's the blood at and I'll say well God we did so many good things in your name we did so many wonderful works Depart. God said I still don't see the blood though He's God said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Without water baptism in Jesus' name, that's the name of Jesus. Somebody's going to get hung up over Father, Son, Holy Ghost. None of them names. None of them are names. I don't care what the man told you. I don't care what the woman told you. I don't care what the presiding bishop told you. I don't care what the priest told you. The pope. I don't care what the president told you. The secretary. I'm talking about God now. See, God is more powerful than anybody else. So I'm going to stick with the book. Nowhere in this Bible are you ever going to find anyone quoting, I'm going to baptize you in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They did Jesus Christ every time. The blood, when you call on that name, you bring on the blood. That's in, uh, I think, Acts, the fourth chapter. Uh, verse 28 if I'm not mistaken let me let me let me get that you have to call on that name 
might be the fifth. Yeah, I know it's verse you're talking about, though. Yeah, I think What's it's the, way you're saying? it's it's the fifth. The name of the Lord. I wouldn't go into that one yet, but I can get I get that one after this. Look at Acts five and twenty eight though. See that name, the name of Jesus. That's the name that brings on the blood, and that's why the devil has people fighting it. Say five and twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. Saying, "Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us." See that name, Peter, and the, some of the other members here have gotten in trouble for preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. You get in trouble for that. Right this minute, I'm getting in trouble because I told somebody you must be baptized in Jesus' name. Now, that, that's incredible. I mean, it is amazing how the devil has blinded the minds of us. We say I'm a follower of Jesus. We say I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. But we say I ain't getting baptized in Jesus' name, though. No, sir. No way. No way, Jose. I still don't see why that's such a big deal. <laughs> to not be, to like fight against it. Because the <laughs> devil has blinded the minds. The God of this world. The God of this world. He has blinded our minds and saying, we, I don't need to do that. And they're not going to search the scriptures to find out that they're wrong. And if people do find out that they're wrong, they say, I'm not going to accept it. I heard one person say, well, that's your red wagon. You can roll it. That's your little red wagon. You roll it on down the hill because that's where you're going, down the hill. <laughs> but uh, let, let's pick up the Acts 22, the verse you were talking about, 22 and 16. And now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord? So we have Paul here. Paul is retelling us. He's telling the story again of how he got saved because the water saves. So the man Ananias, you'll find, you can go back and read in your own time. Scroll up a few verses. You'll find Ananias was the person that God sent to Paul or Paul to uh, Ananias. So after they meet, we find in verse 16, Ananias has a question. He said, what are you waiting for? Does there need to be any more explanation? You need to be baptized to wash away your sins. He said, and now why waitest thou? Arise and be water baptized and wash away thy sins. We see the same thing. The water is for the removing of sins. Why? Because that water, when you call on the name of the Lord, you turn that water into blood. The water and the blood go hand in hand. Ananias said you have to call on the name of the Lord. And we know what the name of the Lord is. We know what the name of the Lord is. There is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved there's no other name other than Jesus people don't even believe in Jesus but they call his name all the time Jesus Christ don't even believe in him 
I mean, don't even believe in the man, but call his name. Tell me that name ain't powerful. Makes even the devils tremble. That's why they got you fighting. <laughs> Nothing but the devil. <laughs> got you fighting. Said, man, I don't need the name of Jesus. I don't have to get baptized in that name. The book says you need to call on that name. When Paul was headed to Damascus, he got hit with the <laughs> one preacher said he was the greatest roadblock road to ever hit anybody. <laughs> We know when we roll through a roadblock, we see those blue flashing lights. We say, man, oh, man, they, they about to get me. I ain't got my license on me. No insurance. <laughs> no insurance on my car, my tag out. <laughs> no, nah, this roadblock here that Paul got hit by, it was a lot worse, friend. Paul was on his way to Damascus. You know what he was doing? He was fighting the name of Jesus. Just like these people out here. That are fighting the name of Jesus baptism. Paul was doing the same thing. He said, look, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to have them killed. Even if Paul didn't actually physically do it himself. He said, I'm going to have everybody killed. Calling on that man's name. I don't want to hear that name. Somebody out there, the devil, get mad. They want to throw something. Uh, <laughs> they don't want you to talk about that name. Paul was headed to Damascus. Greatest roadblock to ever hit anybody. A light shined him, knocked him to his feet. A voice came down from heaven. Now, Jesus is gone. Jesus has left the scene long ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but Jesus has left the scene now. Paul, he is Saul at the time, excuse me, Saul. He's killing people, as I've stated. He's killing people having them killed. Stephen had just been killed for this. He's having them killed because they were calling on the name of Jesus. And so he's knocked to his feet. He's blinded by this light. The brightest light he ever seen in his life. He's blinded by this light. Knocked to his, to his knees. And this voice calls down from heaven. Now this is in heaven now. A voice calls down from him called down to him and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? What, what you fighting me for? See, that's what I'm asking. Why y'all fighting the name of Jesus baptism? Why are you fighting it? Why are you fighting it? You see it in the script. Peter told us to do this. Peter was the one that Jesus gave the keys to. If anybody knows how to open that door and unlock heaven, it's Peter. If anybody knows how to unlock the door to get into heaven, it was Peter. So, God says to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul said, man, hold on. Who, is who art thou, Lord? Hold on. You said, why am I persecuting you? I want to know who you are. And the Lord said, I, I got it already pulled up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I need to go there with you. No, I'm fine. As long as they can see it. And the Lord said, and the Lord said, I am Jesus. Now, that's the word of the Lord. And the Lord ought to know who he is. I knew it. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he ought to know who he is. If anybody's going to be confused about God, it would be us and not God himself. God just told you he was Jesus. Now that's the Lord. So back in Acts 22 and 19, Ananias told him, arise 
and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord. Nobody but Jesus. The same man he was going down there fighting against was the same man he turned his life around and got baptized in. Had his sins washed away. See, water washes those sins away. Man, it's incredible when you can understand this book. Man. Let's get... I might, I might end at this, but we'll see. Let's get First John. Somebody needs a blood transfusion out there. First John five and five. All right. First John chapter five and verse five. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is he? If you want to overcome the world, this is what you must believe. But now you must believe all that Jesus said. Not just one line that Jesus said. I can easily pick one of my favorite lines that Jesus made and said, man, I believe this right here. But the rest of the stuff Jesus said, I said, no, hold on now, Jesus. You don't know what you're talking about. We must believe all that Jesus said, all right? This is he that came by water and blood, even <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not by water only, uh, but water and blood. See, somebody out there said water baptism. That's just water only. That, <laughs> that ain't nothing but water only. No. <laughs> no. That's water and blood. See, when Jesus, we already, we already talked about it. When he prayed, the sweat dropped off the man's head as it were blood. When he was pierced in the side, out came blood and water when he went to uh, Cana of Galilee the first miracle he ever did at the wedding he turned water into blood see the water and blood that's how he gonna overcome the world you gotta have this blood transfusion you gotta receive this blood see <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I looked into it but I I know I know a thing or two about the medical field uh, and they tell me type O blood is universal. They say that's a universal donor. <laughs> that's the blood of Jesus, friend. <laughs> See, his blood type's gonna work for any blood out there. I don't care what's going on with your blood. If you got an issue of blood, <laughs> it'll cure that too. See, <laughs> Jesus got the type O blood if I can't. If you will understand what I'm trying to say, his blood is universal. It don't matter if you got A, B, B. I don't even know all the types of blood. It don't matter what blood you got. Jesus' blood is for you, and you only gonna receive it at the water. If you ain't had, if you have not, if you have not went to the water, you have not the blood. You can't have blood without the water. You can't do it. It just ain't possible. You can't do it. So, all right, Melvin, keep, keep going for us. And it is the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is truth. Mm -hmm. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Lord help us. I might get on the one this next week. There are three, but the three is one. Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He ain't but one. He's nothing but one. 
It ain't but one God. We got people. Never mind. <laughs> Let me move on. Man, I can make the devil mad with this stuff. <laughs> Man, it's only one Lord. The Father, the Word. The Word ain't nothing but Jesus. The In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 and 1. So, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, it ain't but one. But now, now that's the Godhead. We're... The message today is not the Godhead. Look at the difference in verse 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. Uh, we got to have the agreement. Now here is different. In earth, because this is what he said we must do. We must get, Jesus said, except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God so water and spirit that's two different things they agree though spirit is the Holy Ghost and the water is water baptism and as we've been talking about today water and blood are the same thing here you get the blood at the water baptism so all you see here is two different things that agree I mean, there are three. They all three agree, but you get the water and blood at the same time at the water baptism. So they agree. You got to get the agreement because we got to agree with God. He don't have to agree with us. We got to agree with him. So this is not like the Godhead. See, the Godhead, they're all one. But here, these are two different things. And we talked about that last week. You can have the Holy Ghost, no baptism. You can have the baptism, no Holy Ghost. But they come in agreement. You got to do them both. You got to have them both. So this week, we moved on from the Spirit receiving the Holy Ghost to receiving the blood. To receiving the water baptism. Somebody out there is going to make up their mind and say, man, I got to get baptized, shoot. I want to get right. See, this ain't for Tony. This is not for Tony. Tony is a victim of this. Tony, God has shown me that you must do it. See, Jesus said in the book of John, the third chapter, he said, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must, you got to. You must be born again. You must do it. How can you be born without blood? <laughs> How can you be born without blood? You can't do it. How can you be born without water? You've been in water for nine months. How can you be born again without water? How can you do it? You had the water the first time you were born. You were in your mother's womb. You came out, took your first breath. So if Jesus said be born again the second time, now this is a spiritual birth, how can you do it without the water? How are you going to do it? How can you do it without receiving that blood? How can you do it? Somebody said they're going to do it another way. Jesus said, you ain't nothing but a thief and a robber. All that came before him were thieves and robbers. They climbed up another way. 
Somebody said, I'm going to be saved a whole nother way. <laughs> you let me know how it works. As a matter of fact, don't let me know how it's going to work out for you because I already know how it's going to work out. You must. Jesus said you must do it. Tony didn't say you must do it. Tony says you can do whatever you want. But I know if you want to get right, this is what you must do. So, man, uh, I, I, I'll i concede to you, Mel. I don't have that much to say, really. <laughs> you pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything that you said, but I'll kind of I'll comment. KC said, "What what's up, y'all? How you doing, KC? What's up, Kelvin? Good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in with us. But I guess I'll go back to what I was saying last week. And it relates to this, too. It's just basically about getting baptized in Jesus' name and getting the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is essential, and it is required. And it also cannot be stressed enough. But we will still have people that will still hear it and will not take heed <laughs> to what we say. And one thing, it, it's not true because we say it's true. No, sir. <laughs> so don't just follow no, us sir. like blind. Like this is the word no, of God. We are inspired by the word, like by God. You know, especially like when Tony teaches, is straight from the Lord. A lot of people say, "I want to hear it straight from the horse's, horse's mouth." <laughs> well, it is because these these are not our words. And um, I was reminded of a story in the book of Acts. I mean, we were in that chapter earlier, but um, the eunuch, the uh, very smart guy, mm -hmm. and um, he was asked, did he understand what he was reading in the Bible? And he said, how can I accept some man guide me? And um, it was, um, who was it? It was Philip, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Philip was teaching them. And they were reading an excerpt in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, and it was uh, foretelling the events that Jesus was going to go through. And um, we see like a, a Bible study happening right in the book of Acts between the eunuch and the um, and Philip. Like the eunuch was a very smart guy. Smart guy. He, I'm, I don't know if this is true or not, but like I would assume he knew math equations. And he had to. And stuff, <laughs> all of it, like the whole nine yards. But when it comes to this Bible, we are not going to be able to get the whole understanding on our own has to be from God, a God-ordained preacher. And so the eunuch asked Philip, is, uh, he was talking about Isaiah when he said he. Is he talking about himself or is he talking about another man? And then Philip said <laughs> he's talking about Jesus. And the next verse says um, he preached unto him Jesus. Philip preached unto the eunuch Jesus. And then the very next verse it said... Here's some, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, here's some water right here. What's stopping me from getting baptized? He didn't say, I mean, I'm not saying it's like there's anything totally wrong with this, but he didn't, he didn't say, all right, next Sunday, I'm going to meet here. We're going to get baptized here. Two weeks from now, this month, he got, he did it right then and there. Where's water? I mean, there's water right here. What is stopping me from getting baptized? <laughs> right there and what I like about the scripture I know Tony has said this before is um that scripture didn't say anything else all it said was he preached unto him Jesus and then the very next verse what's stopping me from getting baptized there's some water right here like let's do this because he realized how important it is 
When will all of us realize how important it is? When will we take the time out to search the scriptures? Because a lot of people, like Tony was saying, they read one verse and they think that they're saved. They read one of them is John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. Right there, people think that they are saved and they don't think they have to do anything else. They think that salvation is free when it totally isn't. Because um, I like James. <laughs> In the book of James, it says, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. So you're, you're doing good. But then, then he says, the devils believe and they tremble. <laughs> Even the devils believe in God. So believing itself is not enough. Not when you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> In Mark 16, 16, it says, those who, are, those who believe and are saved, I'm sorry, those who are believed and are baptized will be saved. They both have to go hand in hand. But that's all I really have. I'm not going to talk a lot like I usually do. <laughs> do you have anything else? No, I think we I think we covered a lot. Uh, I just want to make sure nobody said anything. I don't want to overlook anybody or miss anybody's opportunity to say anything because we are always open for any questions, any serious inquiry, inquiries. I always have a hard time saying that word. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> any serious wow. things that people have on their minds because that's, that's what we are here for. I was talking to a friend earlier, and she was telling me how, uh, don't get mad at me if I ask you a lot of questions. I'm, that's the job that God gave me. I'm supposed to listen to other people's problems and try to help them understand God, even in the midst of adversity. That's what I'm here for. All these things that I'm bringing, trying to bring to somebody's attention is because I, I care about you. It's not for me to prove I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa for that matter. It's about being saved at the end of the day. So I'm praying that somebody will take heed to this, to these words because God is serious. God is serious. And so at the end of your life, you don't have to answer to Tony. Man, I probably I might not be nowhere around. Most likely I'm not going to be nowhere around because I can't be in but one place at a time. But God will be there. And you will have to give an account to him. So will you take his words serious enough? Will you say, let me look into it. I want to see. Because we've laid it out there already. But it's up to you to put the time in to search the scriptures as Jesus said. The scriptures is one thing we ain't searching. We'll search Facebook all day long. We'll search Twitter whatever social media we love we'll, if we like uh, sports we'll search all day long on what, what game coming on next even get back on MySpace <laughs> before you uh, read the Bible man if you love your favorite uh, college school you're going to search and see what their upcoming schedule is next year I mean no I ain't worried about the class <laughs> man you got you got a whole year in between now and then, and you say, man, I'm going to set my schedule so I'm free for next year. That's how we plan for other stuff. But for God, we, uh, 
ain't worried about that Bible study. I ain't worried about no God. I'm I'm straight with God. <laughs> we'll say all kind of stuff that ain't true. And we'll fight the very people that are trying to bring some things to our attention. We'll think that these people, man, it's, man the minister has a hard job. The same people you're trying to pull out of a trap are the same people that are trying to take your hand off. Imagine, imagine a dog, he's caught uh, in a hole. Imagine this dog is in this hole. And as a matter of fact, imagine a dog is trapped underneath a fence. And so you, you try to approach this dog and he's barking at you even when you're walking up. And so you're still trying to help him. And as soon as you get close enough, he reach out and bite you. But you're trying to help him. That, that's the job the minister has. He is trying to plead with people to see, hey, there's something else God is saying. He's trying to get you to see it. That's the job the minister have. A lot of times people say, I, I just can't see baptism being that important. I can't see it with my eyes. I don't understand how it's that important. I've heard it so many times. But Jesus said you won't be able to see it. Not until you do it. Now that's Jesus. Look in the book for yourself. John 3 and 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see you must get the Holy Ghost first. You must be baptized first before God's going to open your eyes to it. I put it to you in a natural way. Before I close this, I put it to you in a natural way. If you have a baby inside its mother's womb, notice that baby ain't born yet. Hadn't been born yet. That baby, his eyes ain't open. He can't see a single thing. He hadn't been born yet. He can't see it. He don't know what's going on in the world around him. He don't know anything because he can't see. But that moment this baby comes out of the water, <laughs> they say the water broke. God didn't do it by me. <laughs> the moment this baby comes out, out of the water now this baby can see his eyes open it's like whoa <laughs> what's going on out here in the real world you can see see that's somebody out there said I can't see it friend you just need to obey God first see the scripture said repent and be baptized in Jesus name now that's the scripture so if you obey him he will open your understanding so for all that say, I don't see it. I had a man tell me one time, or said about me, I just don't see things the way he see it. I know. Because <laughs> you have to be born first. You have to be born again first. Now, this is the spiritual birth, which includes water baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. You got to do those two things first before you're going to ever understand all of this. So I'm going to leave it at that because, man, I I love God, man. I, I love God because he is, he is worthy to be praised because he has done and continues to do so many marvelous and great things in our life. He just brings so much joy and happiness. And, 
as uh, I think David said, he said, my cup runneth over. Because God, he, he just will continue to pour out blessings upon you. Um, and man, a lot, of, a lot of blessings I still got to receive. We all do. If we line up with the will of God. So I thank you guys for joining and tuning in with us. Thank you Definitely. for spending, what, a little bit over an hour or so of your precious time. And I pray that, man, this, this video will really help somebody out there because it's important. So please consider having a blood transfusion by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, guys.